Shalom Alechem. Peace to all of you and wholeness to all of you who are choosing to take some of your precious time to listen to the Redheaded Preacher podcast. I'm Richard Lanford, the Redheaded Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois, a near north suburb of Chicago. I actually make my home in Chicago. And this message, which does not have a title, is uh, a bit of a change-up from the last three messages, which were all about reconciliation. And those are heavy, that's a heavy subject, and a bunch of subsets, you know, are heavy too. Um, Or at least they can be. Uh, When reconciliation works out, it's a beautiful thing. And we always hope that that's what happens. This message preached on March 5th, 2023, at St. Peter's, is not without it being heavy, but in a different kind of way. Um, It's a homily, so it's shorter than usual because we have communion, and I always try to make it shorter. To me, that is the difference between a sermon and a homily. And I enjoyed enjoyed preaching it uh, because it brought me back to some basics and brings us back to some basics both about God's call in our lives and about the love of God for the entire world. And how can you not enjoy preaching about both of those things combined as we find them in the scriptures, which I think are already uh, mentioned in the podcast description from Genesis and from the Gospel of John. And so let me ask you to um, pray with me for a moment, and then we'll take you to Rich Schneider, who is our lector for the two passages that undermine or that highlight, underscore, whatever, undergird uh, today's homily. Let us pray. Loving and lovely God, thank you for this opportunity. The opportunity I had to preach this message, the opportunity through technology and uh, and Laura to make this available to others through the podcast. And also, thank you for those who choose to listen. May this message build them up, encourage them, and be a source of strength and hope and faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now, the podcast continues with the reading of the scriptures. Our first reading is Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. At the end of chapter 11, the reader is introduced to Abram and his wife Sarah and their family who lived in Haran. In this pivotal passage, God now moves to start a new people through them. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Here ends the reading from Genesis. Our second reading is our gospel lesson for today. 
It is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. In John's timeline and version of things, Jesus has already spoken of raising up the temple in three days were it to be destroyed, and has cast the money changers and animal sellers out of the temple. This was during Passover, and John says many people believed in his name because they saw the signs he was doing. Our story picks up here with a nocturnal visit from a leading and curious Pharisee. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the, wil serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son in the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This concludes the reading from the Gospel and our scripture readings for this communion morning. Thanks be to God for this, the word of the God of life, for the life of the people of God. A good number of you remember or are familiar with one of my favorite stories about my mom. I was all prepared to drive out east to New Jersey for my first year of seminary with a stopover at David and Mary's home in Niles, Michigan for an overnight. My 69 Camaro was mostly packed up and I left it parked in the street overnight. Well, during that night, someone popped the hood, 
took off the top of the crankcase and bent the blades of the engine back, the engine fan, back towards the engine block so they weren't going anywhere. We called the police and the police officer was able to push the blades, actually pull the blades back into place. I had meanwhile found the top of the crankcase and put it back on, but who knew if and what the perpetrator had poured down that tube that, where you put your oil. Because those were the days that you knew about people pouring sugar into your gas tank or something worse or something like that into your oil. So thinking about that possibility, I uncharacteristically told my mom I was pretty worried to head on out. Who knew what breakdown might happen to me on the interstate in the middle of Wisconsin? And this was over a decade before cell phones. And I didn't have one of those CB radios, you know, 10-4, good buddy, no. She just gave me, I think, a hug, and also uncharacteristically for her said, well, I guess that's where faith comes in. In freaking deed. She was right. Faith over fear. Following the call, no matter the trepidation. Sound a little familiar? In a much, much, much more significant and life-changing, world-changing way, Abram also overcame what I think he must have had a good bit of fear to follow God's call to, as the Lord said, go to a land that I will show you. Leave your tribe, your homeland, any desert property you or your family own, and hit the road to some place you'll find out later. Oh, and by the way, I will bless your family. Even at your age of 75, you will have a family, and this family will inherit the land you'll traverse, and by them, all the earth will be blessed. Go, the Lord told him, Go, he, Sarah, the nephew Lot, and what entourage they had, did. They answered God's call, trusting in God. Abram's faith was reckoned to him as righteousness, Genesis 15 later tells us. Based on Genesis 12 and 15, St. Paul later theologized be ye Jew by blood or be ye Gentile. By faith, now in Christ, you are as Abraham, accounted as righteous before God. We Gentiles, well, we depend on that teaching. It all started because Abram believed enough to follow the call. His descendants ultimately gave the world Jesus, by whom the world is blessed, the one in whom our faith is placed, by whom we are saved, it's all a gift. This, along with Genesis 15, where it says Abram was reckoned as righteous by God because of his faith, these are huge Bible passages. Let us not forget them. Moving for a while from Genesis, we learn another foundation of our spiritual health. 
that God so loved the world that God gave God's only Son so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Some of us can quote that, maybe rather glibly, maybe automatically, like, like that the Lord's Prayer in Psalm 23 we might not linger over the profundity of what we say or pray. We know it so well. God, the creator of the universe, the one who was before time and who will still be at the end of time as we know it, further than the most distant star, yet the one who called old Abram millennia ago, this God has a purpose. Not just one, but in these passages, this purpose is to give us the opportunity to have eternal life. This purpose is to show us how far God was willing to go, how deeply God was willing to give of God's own divine self to bring us back from our self-focused wandering. How far was God willing to go? Well, Paul wrote about the self-emptying, or to use the Greek, the kenosis of God in Jesus. Let that mind, excuse me, let that same mind be in you, he said, that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself. Taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Death on a cross. Following a whipping, lots of people did not survive. Death on a cross, a form of being tortured to death, reserved for criminals and slaves in public. The lowest of the low kind of death for the king of kings. Because God loves the world that much, and this is God's proof. Because God loves the world that much, and that is God's proof. The proof of God's amazing love is this. I so often say it as a call to confession that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John Marsh, the English Congregationalist, said of this, the magnitude of the love is matched by the magnitude of the gift. Through Jesus, the Son, God underwent all this not only to demonstrate in an historical event his grace for the world, but also to reconcile us to God's self, forgiven. As Isaiah wrote, upon him was the chastisement that made us whole, and by his stripes we are healed. Love. Pursuing, incarnational, Suffering and reaching out love made manifest in Jesus for the benefit of the world. For all who would perceive and believe, knowing I believe, that most people will turn away all the same. 
God's love as deep as it is wide. To borrow a phrase from a song. Love for the world. This verse has been pivotal to my understanding of God's embracing, piercing, challenging, and radical grace. This love is for the world. And who does not want their lives to be improved by the greatest love in the cosmos, shown so provocatively? Well, going back to its pivotal role for me, having early Christian fellowship with charismatics, early in my Christian development, with charismatics, and then learning theology at a college where no one questioned the passages that seem to condemn same-sex attraction or activity, the clobber passages, it was partly living with this verse that freed me from those theologies to see God's love extend to persons like friends in the LGBTQ community just as equally as it is extended to me because we're all made in God's image and God's love is for the world as deep as it is wide. Frederick Bruner said it in this way, in his commentary on John, the worldwideness of God's love should never be delimited, I would think it would be limited, by any theological theory. No, he said God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Paul rightly exulted. And then he quotes from 1 Timothy 4.10, the living God who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. And then Bruner goes on to say, God in his heights, reach down into the cosmos in its depths and its widths and its length and for every single individual inside those depths and widths and lengths there he gave once for all for one and for all his one and only son and then he quoted a line from a hymn amazing love how can it be that my that thou my god shouldst die for me Bruner continues, God gave so deeply and so personally that he sent to us his one and only son. We humans, he says, cannot fathom the extent of this absolutely unique divine giving. But he says, we do believe it happened in history, and that is the world's most profound event and reality ever. When one stops to think of it as a real event, one can only bow one's head in wonder. He finished. This 16th verse is the heart of the gospel. From the heart of God, who loved us so much, to the heart of every individual who needs him so much, for every single individual, whoever. It is, he said, the international treasure. So, in closing, by the grace of the Spirit who gives us birth from above, lighting the match of our faith, God calls us to follow. Like with Abram, where we are called to go can be a mystery God will reveal to us or to our descendants later. Do you and I trust that love enough to follow the call? Answering yes to the call to follow Jesus, to serve this grace, that is living in the light 
and having eternal life, life abundant, come what may. A love like this will never leave us alone, but invites us to and will meet us and feed us and go with us from the table. And that's good news. Amen. That is indeed good news, very good news, the best news in the world, especially um, as we live it out in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with our God. I hope you did receive some encouragement and an extra dose of courage and faith for following the call of Christ in your life, wherever it takes you, knowing, again, about the depth and the breadth of the grace of God for all of us. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you will join us for the next message from March 12th, and I can't tell you what that's about yet, because I haven't begun to write it. But again, God's blessings to you, and may God bless you, your loved ones, and may God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Redheaded Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much 